0: I'm just here to facilitate this uh, question and answer period. So um, if we don't have a lot of, uh, so I'll say as long as you guys want to stay or talk or visit or whatever you want to do. So um, let's look at pray for us and we'll get started. Father, we thank you so much for how you always, in the shadows, keep your watch over your own. And you're always working on our behalf. Now you're all our biggest cheerleader in our world. You love us unconditionally. We thank You for Your Son, Jesus. Father, we want to do what You called us to do. We want to be obedient. We want to follow the path You've laid out for us, like You talked about in Ephesians 2.10, that we're Your workmanship, you are Your ambassador. And, uh, so help us to, uh, to serve You and to rely on You more and more. Jesus, and we pray. Amen. Okay. I don't really have an agenda at all. And, thank goodness. <laughs> that was a big old mind there, girl. So, uh, What what is so open to questions. What you guys had in mind? Yes, Joe. You can just start off by telling
1: us a little bit about how you go out and teach the people to be innocent
0: on one weekend. The progress that okay. All right. Good. Who was at my session at 2:40? Who was not at my session at 2:45? One, two, three, four. Okay. Okay. You guys that were there, you tell them what you heard. I'm not going to answer that question.
2: Yes. One thing that stuck out in my mind that I really liked was just a couple sentences, but um, you are not only just going over there to do dentistry, which is great, it's a short-term mission thing, but when you left, you felt that, well, there was just as many people that didn't get worked on, even more so, than when you first came to work on and then you had to leave them all. What are you gonna do? And there's opportunity cost to that, too. If you're, you know, practicing dentist, or a doctor or in the States, um, you know, God's in it, of course, and it takes money, time, and energy, so then therefore, you replicate yourself. And uh, you train indigenous nationals, which I didn't know who that was, but it was the pastors of the churches, which I liked. And that's the part I liked where we've gone over there and you're doing a humanitarian need. You're fulfilling that and you're taking some people out of pain. And sometimes even doctors start to pull through because you've got that acute infection and pain. But there's that gap of, like, how do you evangelize, especially not knowing the language. Yeah, you got the translators and all that. But when you do teach the pastors, they, they were the people that you taught, right? That's, yeah, okay. And that's not what, always, like, but, that yeah. So yeah. well, the evangelism with the dentistry. Because the dentistry, yeah, that's fine. It's just a foot in the door to get to their soul, to, you know, attend church and bring their friends and family into a, you know, saving relationship. So you have a pastor that can pull teeth. I thought that was pretty good. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I never thought of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: <coughs> are you guys? Are you guys dentists? You're a dentist.
3: I'm a nurse anesthetist. Okay. But I oversee
0: a, an organization that
4: recruits dentists. Ah, okay. Very good.
0: You're not. You're just taking. Look. Oh, you're the moderator. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And
4: I'm I'm with an organization that recruits. Dentists.
0: Okay, good,
4: good.
0: Uh, Yeah, thank you. That was very good, uh, what we want to do. Now, I think it's important to realize, uh, I didn't get this question this year as much, but last year. I want to do this in uh, Costa Rica. Nope, not going to happen there. I want to do this in Mexico. Now, some are telling me you can do it. You cannot go and do this in areas where um, there's established dental professions and I'm
5: going to comment on Mexico, because I go to Mexico a lot. We always have a uh, Mexican dentist uh-huh. from Mexico who uh-huh. meets us and goes. And he's kind of, a, we're, we're working under more or less his authority and his Mexican license. So I don't think, unless it's really far out, at least where I, throughout Baja, California, mainly, I don't think it would... Uh, probably
0: be allowed since we technically have to have him so yeah. you know. I don't think it's yeah, I'm you, I've never worked in Mexico but yeah you can't. I, I would not recommend where it's the most effective is in frontier areas frontier areas that are heavily Muslim or heavily Hindu this is where this ministry has the most impact um, can't go to Jamaica and train nationals to do that. You know, they have no practice. That. So it's important that you know um, the, the, uh, the parameters and you not violate practice laws that are in.
6: The <laughs> That's why it's important your
0: partnership because you're allowing your partner to know those laws in the country. And uh,
5: so. Yes, Mr. Webster. What's the biggest challenge in going into a new area? <laughs>
0: The biggest challenge in going into a new area? OK, here's that's a great question too, by the way. Thank you. You're welcome. The biggest problem in going into a new area is that um, the mentality of your partner. If your partner's mentality is you're coming in here to train us and teach us and equip us and to fund us and to um, provide everything we need to do our work. Um, it doesn't work very well. If if you go in and you're up here, you're running the show and they're down here, that's a bad, that's not going to be sustainable, it's not going to work. When your relationship to your partner is such that they you come in and you say, we have this to offer under your authority, under your guidance, um, then that's the best relationship. So if you try this way where you're going that way, bad. That's the
4: biggest challenge.
6: Do you send out people ahead of time to make contacts so that you, you know who you need to work with, or do they come to you? How, how does all of that happen? Well, at
0: fir- yes. Okay. at first, we would go to uh, kind of partners that have already been vetted, partners within Southeast Christian Church <coughs> that had this need, and we would ask if this would be of service to them. Uh, it's interesting, Brother Daniel said no wouldn't be interesting us. Unless you could come and you could treat these uh, Islamic scholars that came to Christ. We'd, we'd like you to do that. And we said, no, we're not interested in that. So um, so it was a couple of years later, he said, you know, I like this idea. Would you come and try this? Will you train our guys? And so we did. But it's always under their authority. So... But as now, now we're going along and it's expanding. And people, More people are hearing about it. So now we have uh, to kind of qualify these partners to say, like, we're talking about going to Myanmar, and we, we have to get some information about the partner that we're going to be working with. If they're under the expectation that we're going to fund everything for them, then we can't, we can't work on the rules. So we have to clarify expectations from the front end before we go. Is that it?
6: <laughs>
0: Very good. Okay. Let's see. No, I'm teasing. Any other questions?
2: You don't have to ask me. This is a question for everybody. So if you got, Yes? Could you keep going, like, okay, I guess maybe your next site might be Myanmar. Um, like, you research uh, church, playing groups, or how could you go farther on that? Like, who makes the grade, who doesn't, or I mean, and also too, how do you bring in the initial equipment and supplies? And I know they use them for treatment, but it's not quite sustainable. So, well, uh,
0: we, we take when we go on the trip, we take everything with us: the equipment, the, in, uh, the chair, the instruments, the initial supplies that they, they're going to need. And once we get there, we find the store or the place where they get resupplied. So. The, the, the vetting process is really number one: Are they mature believers? Are they evangelistic? Um, do they follow our statement of faith, which would be similar to statement of faith here? And can we find out something about them? Do we know somebody that can give us reliable? Um, what's word what I'm looking for? Recommendation for this group that's working. So that's kind of what we that's kind of what we look for.
5: Yes. Charles, so far has everyone we've done this, did they already have a relationship with Southeast Christian Church missions or have you gone outside that? We've done training in Ecuador
0: outside of Southeast Christian Church. We did a training in Uganda, which was through FAME, and that one didn't work very well because it wasn't sustainable because uh, the... The missionary on the field did not have this understanding that they had expectations that fame was going to continue to fund it or somebody else was going to continue to fund it. So it didn't work. So um, there's no, I can't think of anywhere else besides Southeast. We're about to go into that, though. You had a question?
2: I'm
6: with you on that.
5: What would you do to set for? Could you get into Asia, China specifically, and do this?
0: Uh, I don't know really the answer to that. Sir. You know, I think that um, we would uh, be uh, we would look for partnership there for sure.
2: Yes, um, China is a great organization that is run by an American. Got a whole network of people, but, but you're mid fight. What was the name of the organization? Well, Alaska China. Are they here you think? I doubt it. <laughs> okay, well, Alaska China? Okay.
6: Yeah. So, you you don't go where there's unreached people, mm-hmm. you only go where there's already a Christian presence.
0: Well, unreached people is really our target. And so... Uh,
6: but there's already Christians. There's already at least some Christians. <coughs> when I say unreached, I mean, no, nope, they haven't heard of Jesus.
0: Yeah. Okay, the Center for World Missions puts out this list of unreached people groups. And so uh, our goal is to get to those people, but actually... Um, our partners that we work with, like you, you were with, you saw Daniel and Caleb, they are the ones that would go into those areas rather than, and, and they would pass, seek out those people. So, so the, the
6: dental mission is not the first contact.
0: Right. Okay. Right. And if the dental mission is, is going to be effective there, they would use it. But so the dental mission is just a tool. It might be sight, it might be medicine, it might be... Right leadership development yes. there might be some other tool that would help them be effective in those areas.
5: So,
2: we wouldn't go into the area and train them <coughs> yeah, So,
7: so I, I, our team yeah. would not be the first one going into the area to train from the area. Yes. <coughs>
6: I'm taking a perspectives
0: course right now, so, you know, this is all. Yes, I'm with you. I'm with you. This is a very powerful tool to go down these areas. Because if you look at the map of the world, those areas where the gospel has had the least penetration are also the very same areas where there's practically no access to dental care. So it's almost a natural tip. Yeah. Yes,
6: ma'am. And can we get the tool of dental skills to the nationals, and then with the goal that they would go to an unreached people group. They don't have the burdens that we would take as Americans. They wouldn't have the cross-cultural problems. They wouldn't have the severe language problems that we have. It's just so much easier for them to go reach the unreached people, go through a very maybe close by them.
5: Yes. <laughs> Amen. Do you think this same thing would work with dental hygiene? (laughs) I don't know. Let's ask
0: Linda. What does she think? Yes,
6: I believe it (laughs) would.
0: Would you want to expand on
2: that? No. In places, I mean, you know, big deal But Like, people will have, like, an abscess. And in some organizations, sort of working independently, they would want their teeth cleaned before. I mean, they're so used to the thing. I mean, they're out hoeing the fields with, you know, a golf ball, green, grape-sized abscess. I want my teeth point, Here's $3 to you know, with an air scan.
0: anywhere. So that's one of the issues that hygiene, dental hygiene is very powerful because it builds that awareness. It says, no, a dentist you don't have to lose your teeth. And uh, so a lot of these, you know, the, the culture is such people live day to day. I don't know why I'm going to get my next meal, you know, um, so I'm not thinking about how to prevent dental disease.
4: That's what the probably the biggest issue is. I don't fully understand the whole program, but how about follow-up in those countries? You train somebody, uh-huh. so you have a partnership with them. Have you been able to go back and find out what's going on?
0: Yeah, that's the critical part of any of the training that we do anywhere is we have to go back. So we always go back to the site where we initiate the training. Usually, it's within six months to a year. So um, we go back, and mostly 90% of what we do is just to encourage them. Sure because we show the basic principles of how to do things. And so they got a lot of practice since the last time we were there. And so they're very competent. Mm-hmm. And uh, so inevitably there's a few students that really get it right off the, right out of the gate. So we kind of assign them as leaders to, to make sure everybody else is doing what they're supposed to do. So they kind of hold each other accountable. Um, I said this earlier. I, there's a built-in accountability because they don't want to do anything that would jeopardize the reputation of their ministry or their standing in the community. So they make sure that they, their fellow workers are doing what they're supposed to do. Mm-hmm.
2: So there's a natural accountability. We give the email contacts as well. And I, it,
7: um, so if they have questions you know they, they can
2: make, I have a couple questions as well.
0: Hmm. That's funny. I'm never getting email questions. (laughs) (laughs) What's up with that? (laughs)
2: I'm
7: going to start reply to.
0: Yeah, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, everybody has email anymore. We're going to, uh, Lord willing, Myanmar in uh, January. Then to see Daniel in February, and then to see Caleb. It's funny; it all worked out this way in uh, March. So we're always looking for people to go with us, and to help train, and um, and then once you go on a trip with us once, then you got it. Now you can go out and strike out on your own, and do your own thing. Find the partners within your church. That you want to work with, or whatever ministry you're, you're working with, and go out and and, uh, and train just like we did. So we had um, we did a training in Sierra Leone, and Denny and I weren't even there. Bron, Dr. Bron Evans out of Chicago he did the whole thing, and uh, he was just so excited about what God had done. I mean, he was just ecstatic. The blessing it was to this community. I think there's like three dentists in a town of half a million or something. It's crazy. But that's our goal is to train more dentists, to equip more nationals in these areas so they can meet this need if they're going to use it as an evangelistic outreach. Well,
6: to me, I mean, it was one of those, the light goes on, because when you do missions, the one thing you come back with is, the need is so overwhelming, and that—that's what you said was weight on your heart. You know, you start almost getting cold to it, or you get burned out to it, one or the other. So, the idea of being able to to train people and let them pass it on, just like they are the evangelism, what an awesome tool.
0: hmm You come back, and your back's not hurting, <laughs> and your arm's not hurting, because you're coaching and not doing.
2: Yeah.
4: Yeah.
5: And one thing is, just never. In the church. There's a lot of people here that are aware of that, that spin up. And so then they get encouraged, they get excited about people that have the skill and ability to do that. So it's easier to get funds, it's easier to get support, there's more people praying. You know, the body grows here and we and we usually talk about what we've done there. Uh-huh. This this body always gets stronger. Yeah. People are out doing stuff. It's yeah, exciting.
0: Thank you. That's a good question. Uh, I mean, it just it w- it works out great. It, different areas uh, buy into sustainability more than others. India is a tough nut to crack. They've been given and given and given. They have no idea about, wait a second, I was supposed to give back. I think part of it's the caste system that locks you into a certain mentality. And uh, so to try to develop a sustainable model in India, is a major work in progress. Um, Nigeria, Ghana, the no piece of cake. They said, yep, we got to charge a fee and they make it sustainable. So that's our goal. But because they're in the driver's seats, we don't dictate to them. We just encourage, what about this? What did have you thought of, ever thought about looking at it this way? And, uh, so, yeah, it's a... Uh, and really, I'm not all that thrilled that pastors are learning how to do this. This is the way they want to start, so I'm saying, okay, I would rather elders in the church uh, or deacons or deaconesses do this because the pastor is busy already. Let's let's hand this off. But then you have cultural issues too because uh, that you have to deal with. So there's reasons why they do what they do that I don't fully understand. I just trust them to make the call about what to do.
1: Uh, the uh, spouses and the adult children could...
4: Do this, and that would relieve the uh, minister to do his full time. Yeah. Now, could that adult minister teach the spouse of the child,
0: or is that? What, what we do now is we we don't allow them to teach um, until we've been back three times to verify, and they've got uh, so they had two years' experience at least in doing this. And so, because it's becoming tougher and tougher to get dentists to go on trips, you guys probably know that. Mm-hmm. Um, because if you're in the business recruiting dentists um, so they after two years time now they can start to take on some of the roles as teaching and that responsibility so it works out real well you know I didn't get to go through our philosophy I left a whole bunch of slides out we don't, we're we not using textbooks we're not using big words like lingual or maxillary or mandibular we're training principles like universal precautions mm-hmm. Um uh, we're, we uh, we don't go with long phrases. I have to train dentists to go. they they pull everybody around them and they say, "Now see how this burr is on the axial wall and the angle and you know, I want to create a small groove about a half a millimeter. So and they get they're looking like, what on earth?" So I have to you know b- but this takes a couple of days and then I get it
6: mm-hmm.
0: on that so. But um, I think to Linda's point earlier, when we equip nationals, they are far better able to go and minister in areas where we uh, would have a very difficult time.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: We, uh, we, I'm involved with a mission in Jamaica, and we said, forget it. We're leaving the Americans at home. Mm-hmm. We brought Kenyans at one-fifth the cost to Jamaica to minister as missionaries. Mm-hmm. And they're having a phenomenal result because they have the same issues. Americans don't have the issue of poverty. Mm-hmm. We don't understand it. We've never lived through it. We're not face-to-face with it. So um, I think that's another approach, too, that we want to really engage in.
5: So, yes?
6: Um, what issues would a, a female dentist and that's in a Muslim population face?
0: A female dentist in a Muslim population, it depends on the community, but... Uh, where Daniel is, it's a family affair. When we come together to teach, the wives come, the kids come, everybody comes. So um, we would experiment with Daniel's permission of training uh, an American female to train a female uh, from West Africa. you with me? And then that's what we would look at doing. We did We had um, female dentists go and train with us before, but they weren't ready for that. Uh, Daniel wasn't ready for that. But we would try again. But see what happens with these relationships? They just get better and better all the time with our partners. And uh, we learn so much from each other. That's what the powerful part about this conference is. It's changing missions because we are learning from nationals. And uh, it's having a huge impact on the kingdom. So... So I would encourage you to go. Yeah. To, to, I wouldn't, right, John?
2: If, if you can bring your husband or, no, no, no,
6: no. No, I don't have one. not An issue.
2: It's just in a Muslim context, um, single woman can be uh,
0: an issue. So. It's in a place especially like Afghanistan or Pakistan, that's a big issue. I mean, I, I don't know if I'd recommend it, but West Africa, it's a, uh, I think you'd be fine.
2: She lives with other women, and, and so it depends. How, I mean, how many women are if there, or other women going? In, that's a fine
0: way to go. Yeah. And we were in Afghanistan in a short-term trip, and I could not work on females. Mm-hmm. So what happened? The females didn't get treated. The ladies didn't get treated. So we had one Indian dentist who was a lady. So she treated all the. It was, and they had much worse dental problems than men did. It was horrific. The, their situation. So.
6: But a, a single female in Afghanistan would be a problem, is what you're saying. Yes. Maybe not where you had an established relationship like with the group that you're working uh-huh. with. Uh-huh. Wouldn't be an issue.
0: No. No. If you're going as part of a team, that probably wouldn't be an issue in Afghanistan either. You're going on a short-term basis.
7: one of the things that um, dentists should know when they go on a training trip is that some of you will, you just won't be comfortable with the idea. You know, I mean, we found that when we're taking, you know, numerous different people. Um, some guys picked up Brian Evans. I, he went down to Ecuador with us and he, he saw it, you know, and yeah. You mean come with training others? Yes, yeah. It, um, and we had another dentist that went down to Ecuador with us. And, uh, you know, just, it, it's...
0: Uh, wasn't his deal.
7: Wasn't his deal, right. And it's okay. You know, got guy use him in, in some other area. He's just not called to it. So that, that's all right. It, um, it, but um, it, it's hard. You, you, you've got to be a patient person. Or pray for a lot of patients. Uh, You know, dentists tend to be a little um,
0: anal, shall we say?
7: (laughs) (laughs) You know, um, and really, we you gotta let that go. And you got you got you just you gotta let it go.
6: And I think your story is the perfect example. The first time you went on a trip where you weren't doing dentistry, you were teaching dentistry. Did you say it was like the, we do two days of classroom training and then four days of clinic? And on the third day of clinic, wasn't it you who were saying, uh, this is not going to
7: work? I, I wrote in my quiet time notes the first day, the journal, there is no way
6: on earth that this is going to work.
7: And the second day, um, yeah, you know, I still don't think so. But by the time we were done, the fourth day of clinic. I mean, good grief. These guys got it. They were good. And, and, and they, they extracted a
0: lot of teeth by then. If you work in it, and you know this student is working on a patient, and you'll get busy with another patient, and you go back and you say, what happened with that case? All oh, the patient's gone already. <laughs> well, let me see the tooth. The tooth is right there. You see the whole root and everything. It's like, whoa, Okay what I'm talking about.
7: <laughs> you know, I just got to add, there's nothing more exciting than seeing the Nationals working on the, working on the patients. And, you know, we're going going over there, see somebody else, and all of a sudden <coughs> you're seeing the Nationals laying their hands on the patients um, in prayer and the patients crying. I mean. <coughs> This is,
0: this, this works, guys. It yeah. mm-hmm. works. The first place we did a training in Ghana, along that line, from, <coughs> thousands of people came to Christ. Countless churches were planted. I said, what's the best part about this ministry? He said, the best part about this ministry is what it does to the people that learn this ministry. I said, what are you talking about? He said, they never in their wildest imagination would have thought they would have been able to help people this way. And if they can do this, the sky's the limit. God gave them this gift; they can do anything. So um, now, this group in Ghana has transplanted a lay dentist up in Mali, where there is no dentist. I mean, they're already saying, "Hey, when are you bring bringing your tools, when are you getting started." So, and that's his door opener, you know. So already he goes into the community, ha- ready to one of the highest profile. Respect the gods in the community, just because they can do dentistry. So, this training. Go ahead.
6: When when you're
3: um, teaching extractions and all that, are you taking hand pieces so that if it's surgical, you, you can
4: go ahead and do it? Okay,
0: so just. We have a slow speed handpiece that's for fillings, but the torque is really low. I mean, the torque is high, but the speed of the, is low, so we don't teach them that technique. We teach them in the in the uh, as part of the training. Look. Do not start to extract the tooth you're not 100% sure you can get out. So don't take third, lower third molars out. Don't take impacted teeth out. If you're not sure, go back the old way. Refer them. You do not have to do that case. Because especially early on, we want them to build confidence. And so we want them to remove the whole tooth. We don't, we don't leave root tips. Now, primary root tips of baby teeth, yeah. We do that here. We leave them. Uh, you know, to remove a lot of bone to take a palatal root out of an upper molar, we don't, you know, we just don't like to leave root tips under any certain. That's why elevation is real important. That's why they go slower. So, but we don't want them to, because what w- <laughs> we thought about that, but it's too easy to lose orientation with a handpiece. And if you can't visualize in your mind the three dimensional, uh, what that tooth looks like because they haven't been trained that extensively, it's too dangerous, and so they end up at a site where they have somebody else would have to extract the tooth out and they look at it and say, "What on earth has been going on here?" I mean, I look at cases I have to section teeth. I say, "Whoa, what was I doing there?" So, um, you know, so we we don't want them do that.
3: My, my name is Steve James. Uh, we have an organization in in uh, Southwest Kenya. In Magori, and uh, we've had short term mission teams, I guess maybe 30 in the last eight years, and we've had a couple oral surgeons go and three dentists. Uh, but we, we, there's no way we can handle the volume of patients that come. And we've got a very nice facility. I've been successful at advertising for other specialties, cause like the Christian Ophthalmologist Society and uh, Mission Eye Network. I got ophthalmologists like crazy. Where would I advertise for a dentist? Um, we have the task force uh, portable systems available. We have a TPS system with drills and saws. and We just need people to come work.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, How close are you guys to uh, Narok?
3: Narok, we're about uh, three hours.
0: Really? Uh, three so hours. the Maasai land is west of Narok?
3: Ma- we, Maasai, uh, Maasai is west of us. We're in the southwest corner
0: of okay. right Tanzania and Lake Pretoria. Okay. There's a lot there's a lot of guys, laid guys that have been trained and that are Maasai that live in that area. And they're solid believers, William and several others, that are competent. I bet if invited they would come. But they wouldn't use the fancy stuff that you have, but they would extract teeth. Because they're doing it right now in in their villages. They're CMF um, projects. So honestly, that would probably be the best solution is just contact those guys. There's a guy in Niroc who runs the clinic there. His name is John. I can't remember his last name. I, I can find out for you. You contact him, I bet he would recruit some guys for you.
3: Where, where would I advertise, though, for U.S.
0: dentists? Uh, well, do you have any ideas on that?
7: Yeah, Christian Dental Society. Um, the uh, Christiandental.org. Um Send an email to there, and we can get it on the okay. website. But
5: then, isn't that contrary mm-hmm. in the model? Do you want dentists to go work for a few days? Well,
3: I mean, I we'd like to have
0: people trained there, you know, to do it. Well, do a training there, Steve. Yeah. yeah. They even have my side dental
6: hygienists.
0: <laughs> are you guys listening? Hello. We've got to change our ways, we got to look at it in a new way. These hygienists that I'm just talking about are awesome. They would come over and they would treat preventive dentistry in Swahili. There's, uh, I was talking to the guy in the last session. Kelly was the guy we trained. This dentist, uh, U.S. dentist, said this guy is phenomenal. What he's learned and what he can do. So, um, so anyway. I
6: was just wondering, since you're in that type of environment, do you have restrictions? Do you have to have license?
3: I mean it's there waiting. I mean we've got down, great down, we've got great facility so, I mean,
6: We just need somebody to come and train. We go. Well it'd be way cheaper I'll, I'll we'll go, go, and we'll go, go f- to your clinic than to send a bunch of green girls.
0: Yeah. Yeah, we would love to come and train uh because now in Kenya Nairobi, uh, you can't train Okay, you're far enough out in the bush that the government says, Okay you know, we can't meet that need. You know, if you got some supervision over there, they can meet that need. They have let the Maasai, because it's kind of a nation to itself, but, but uh, they could do that. So we would be glad to come and train national, mature believers <coughs> to, to do that. So you, have, you don't have to wait for the dentist from the U.S. to come and have treatment twice a year. You can have it all year round. It's, what a waste of resources on this nice facility not to have a dentist there to, or a lay dentist there to work Let's talk some more. Yeah. Yeah. I can tell the juices are flowing. That's good. I like it. I like it.
4: C Vittito, <laughs> I'd like to steer back to the after two or three years. That's when you would release someone to start teaching other people the technique. Uh, have you have? And I don't know how long the technique around. I don't know if you've been able to have that have you been through that process already or is that are you coming up on that process or do you have success stories or because I mean ultimately that would be if you've got someone who's capable and they're in the partnership and are trusted we'll just use the word trusted to encompass everything and they can start training under your leadership others because the, the, the need is so vast you could you can't train enough people to help conquer it. Um, so I was just wondering where are you with the, the, my initial question. All right, how many people are already two years out that are already training some of the nationals around them?
0: Well, <clears throat> part of what, um, what they do is the, uh, we rely on our partner. The partner actually likes it when we come and train. Understood. Now, um, if you heard uh, Daniel and Caleb today they're already doing a little bit of it. They're already training some new guys a little bit mm-hmm. in their ministries. Um, so as long as we have an ongoing relationship with them, then we kind of say, what do you think should be done? And if we see something that's out of line, then we'll step in and say, wait a second, be careful about this. But they understand this already. They understand how important it is to guard against uh, you know, any type of malpractice. Mm-hmm. So... Really, it's out of our hands in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. We keep going back as long as we're invited, but they make those types of decisions. Mm -hmm. Here's the problem. These guys are called to share the gospel of Jesus and to evangelize. Dentistry could overwhelm them. Mm -hmm. easily. (laughs) So next thing you know, they're not doing what they're called to do. Mm -hmm. So they have to be careful about how they use this tool. Mm -hmm. So that's another factor, too.
4: So... So it sounds like you've got like a couple of people who are at a place where they can start training. Because ultimately, if you you had your pastor knowing in their mind in about two years they would be able to pass this off. And all they met all the requirements, and then they pass it off to people in their congregation that they trust. And you know, if they trust them, they can be trusted, and they can re, then they can re- assume all of their 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 responsibilities they had before as pastor. Yes. So it sounds like you're approaching that process now <coughs> with a couple of people.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
4: We're, What about in reference to, like, we were talking about pastors, which in in my opinion are not necessarily pastors, but Christians that can be trusted because that name could mean a lot of things in different countries. But what if uh, you're dealing with the Ministry of Health? Have you ran into that route yet when you're dealing with the government officials? Because that can sometimes create a problem with um, the people who work for the Ministry of Health may not be as... uh, <coughs> they may not be as, uh, they may not function with the integrity of, of, of uh, a solid Christian. Have you ran into that?
0: Absolutely. We have, we ran into it big time. And so what happened was we have, in Kenya, we had a government uh, de- uh, dentist, they call him co-hosts, community oral health officers. He was drunk when he came to work. <laughs> See, he was working with us. So, um, we try to steer away from those guys mm-hmm. and keep it because here's what happens here's what they do they take these eight chairs they line the patients up give me the force up, that a force up? Mm-hmm. that's not no. how does I glorify Christ no.
4: so, um,
0: so what will happen is because these guys, these co-hosts have authority they will wear off on the people who train so when I come back I say why are you guys doing that why are you using that amount of anesthetic? Well, that's what the co-host told us to do. Yeah, right. Okay. So we guard against that, and we tell them no. Right. Um, so we're very strict about that. When when there is a compromise in what we taught and how we taught to do it, then we step in big time mm-hmm. and we say, "Well, just stop. We won't do this ministry. We're not going to do it this way
4: mm-hmm.
0: because it's going to it's a, it's could potentially harm a patient. Mm-hmm. That's why. So. You brought up a couple other issues. You made me think about too. Um, When we think about pastors, um, it's different. In India, uh, it's very much uh, your status in the community, and the pastor has a high status in the community. So if you take a member of the church who has a lower status in the community, all of a sudden people won't go to him. So that's why they they train the pastors. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes. So there's a cultural reason that I didn't know about. Because I'm telling them, why don't you train the elders? Well, we can't because of this reason. A lot like in West Africa, they're not pastors, they're more disciplers. They're discipling Islamic scholars. So they're not pastoring a church in the strictest sense of the mean. So in West Africa, where Daniel is, he's saying, look, I want these Christian evangelists in Muslim communities to have an identity other than Christian evangelists. You with me? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So they're known as lay dentists. Mm-hmm. Well, they just... The community says, well, I don't understand Lady Dennis, so I'm a, they're a dentist Because yeah. they took my tooth out and it doesn't hurt anymore. Yeah, praise the Lord. Yes, yeah. Hopefully. Hopefully, yeah. They probably say praise the Lord, But yeah. they'll come around. Yeah. So so there's nuances in these cultures that we learn from our partners mm-hmm. that make us understand better why they do it the way they do it.
4: Mm-hmm. I so, totally appreciate that aspect of
0: yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, we have to go in very much wanting to learn. Yes. <coughs> I thought you raised your hand. Did you get my information? Okay, good. It's not C. Vitato. Did he say C. Vitato? Charlie. Okay, good. Yes. Okay. Let's talk to our brothers and sisters. Look, if we can do this with dentistry, what else can we do it with? Mm -hmm. Come on. Let's shake it up a little bit and let's get the ball rolling. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying they go and do an open-heart surgery. I'm not advocating for that. Yeah. But there's some things that they can do to be equipped to meet the needs in their communities. Mm-hmm. Yes, George. In Vietnam, uh,
1: the college students are given medical kits and doctors train them to use those medical kits. And, of course, it doesn't take them much to help somebody who has malaria or these other areas but they get into fairly extensive healing processes and we've seen them go out into areas that Buddhists would never let them enter the village they say okay uh, we to uh, give you some good news Even with medicine do you know of any villages where are there are any sick people they've got plenty sick people they bring them right on the they heal one of the uh, Buddhist children, and then they say, now, and, you know, two or three others, and they say, now, can we give you some good news? Well, you've already brought us some good news. Yes, you can give us some good news. They always sit around a fire at night, and uh, they have the audience, and it's a captive audience. They know they're there. They can help them. They've already helped them, and they listen to it, and they have no hope through Buddhism, through animism, through all these other things. They give them hope. And they say, this sounds like a pretty good idea because they're already positively accepted in there, whereas before they would not allow them into the village even to sleep at night to stay away from the uh, snakes and the uh, lions at night, tigers at night there. Mm-hmm. So that, so medical evangelism, a small kit over there. You can purchase the medicine and so forth. You can uh, just have a few doctors go in and train them. I've seen classroom after classroom after classroom. <coughs> they are redeeming when they leave with their little briefcase like kit and they go out there and they receive a little more training and they come back with stories phenomenal stories of, of uh, salvation whole old villages so dentistry eyeglasses anything to get into the village to help people they will really really appreciate them they're not hostile to them anymore
0: mm. yes there's a testimony Okay, there's another session pretty soon, right? What time is it? When is the next session? There's a plenary tonight? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Jack, will you close us in prayer?
5: Sure. Father, we love you. I'm so uh, grateful that you've called so many to serve you and you've called so many to this conference to seek your will and to seek uh, your direction. Father, uh, thanks uh, for the stories that we're hearing, the stories that told, the stories that encourage us, and get us just excited about serving you more. And I uh, just wish uh, that it's not speaking to you and pray that you fill them with your spirit and that you enable them to speak to us in a powerful way. We
6: love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you.